0: Listeners, welcome to episode 37 of Picky Bastards. That means you have now listened to 37 hours of me, Matt and Nick talk absolute shit about music. And those two get nearly everything wrong. So, thank you. Um, so thanks, Mum. Yeah, thanks. Nick's, <laughs> thanks, Nick's More, My mum doesn't listen and my dad also told me it's just some people speaking. So, he yeah, also doesn't listen. I mean, he's not um, wrong, is he? It's just some well, people no, speaking, let's not. be honest. I tried to explain to him what a podcast was. Um, didn't really work. But, hey... Anyway, how are you two? How is Matt? I'll go to Matt first. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You're lying. Sleepy. You didn't sleep. We're just moaning about how exactly. shit you felt until two minutes ago.
1: Well, so. I just I need to go to bed, but it's it's nine o'clock in the morning, so maybe <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that feels kind of like giving up on the day. Got that wrong, haven't you? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's
2: a Sunday. Yeah. And how are you, Nick? I'm okay. Uh, I am just okay as okay as anyone can be in this 2020
0: nearly 2021 though yeah we almost made it so things might change yeah don't speak too soon
2: oh great thanks for that optimistic perspective
0: well i mean it is definitely going to be 2021 we don't have to worry about that almost definitely anyway yeah exactly no absolute guarantees what a lovely way to start that yeah been. um there is an album about the apocalypse on our list today so uh, yeah, on that so note yeah. let's talk about what albums we're going to review so this month our new releases are pixel bath by gene dawson from a king to a god by conway the machine new symbols by tom beck and extinction level event to the wrath of god by buster rhymes Um, the classic is Mazzy Stars, So Tonight That I Might See from 1993. And then I'm going to introduce David Bowie uh, and tell you why I love him. Um, which was a lot of, took me a long time to narrow down, but we'll we'll get through it. I bet it did. Okay, so I'm going to start with Matt. And as it's nearly Christmas, I'm going to be all seasonal in my questions today. So Matt, tell me, which song are you most likely to add to a Christmas Day playlist? And what does that say about the album as a whole?
1: Okay, I'm going to pick Starface, Asterix, um, that's in uh, the Gene Dawson Pixel Bath album. Okay, And the main reason I picked this is just because there's some percussion in it that sounds a lot like Jingle Bells. (laughs) 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 It sounded appropriate to me. Um, And so what it tells me about the whole album is really, like, this album is... So much different stuff crammed within it. Um, I was never quite sure what I like. I always try and associate a genre with what I'm listening to, just to make it easier and like to have comparisons to uh, relate this to. But at like at points, it felt like proper old indie. Then at other times, it's you get this mix of R and B and then some big old eighty cents in there, and then at other points it felt like pop punk boy bands like blink 182 and Mm. weezer and it was quite confusing to a certain extent but then also um despite straddling all this like differences and disparate sounds it actually the core sound of the whole album was quite cohesive um which I yeah it's surprising considering he's, he's mixing all these things together mm. um it felt like a, a reasonably good balance of like fun poppy songs but then also i felt like below that surface level of like this fun pop exterior there was some sad boyness to it as well mm. um yeah, lyrically uh, and that just he made it a little a little interesting um right. i liked some of the vocals the way that they were done and the way that it felt like the vocals were turned up to 11 so that he, his voice was almost breaking a lot of the time mm-hmm. and on the edge of blowing the mic out which is kind of interesting um and there were a lot of like it was the whole thing was it felt complicated and simple at the same time. So I, I enjoyed this album. Um, I wasn't blown away at any point. It felt kind of n- naive experimentation, but it was still enjoyable. Okay. Very good. Nick?
2: Um, I'll say first of all that we had our Christmas do yesterday and uh, I was not hung over at all after it until about a minute and a half ago. Now I suddenly feel like... <laughs> I'm really, really hung over. I don't know if it's Is it your, just, it's just your dulcet tones, <laughs> yeah. Matt, yeah, that's made me feel ill. But uh, no, I, it's fine. I, I'll fight I'm through. So, but I'm sorry to, sorry to have uh, inflicted that on you. Yeah, you basically poisoned me with your words. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> You've also done so because, um, oh, well, I'll talk about it in a minute, but uh, you did steal my answer to the next question, so thanks very
1: much, as I suspected Perfect. you would. I thought yours I, might come I, from that. I, I, yeah. I switched mine. Because I wanted to steal it. Oh, you bastard. (laughs) So, um,
2: anyway, so Gene Dawson, yeah. um, I was really, really ambivalent about this album. Uh, It took me a long time to make my decision about where I wanted to sit with it. I couldn't decide if it was really annoying or kind of um, even more scary, I suppose, fun. I was kind of nervous. It might actually be fun. (laughs) Um, And I think, overall, in the end, it it did win me over to the point where... um, I did find it quite, I kind, of, I kind of enjoyed the energy in it and the sort of sunny disposition of it. Um, I think maybe Bruise Boy was probably my favourite of the tracks overall. Um, although, and then, and then also, uh, there was. I think the lyric I th- that most represented uh, the album was in triple-double. Uh, he says this line, Got confetti in my lungs. Uh, and mm-hmm. I thought it gave this impression of like the, the positive energy behind what he was doing. Um, that said, uh, ASAP Rocky is on that track, and he's still shit. Uh, everything, <laughs> everything I've heard with ASAP Rocky on it seems to me to be complete trash. So I'll just, just put it out there. Okay. Um, I've never
0: really thought about it.
2: Right. He was on, wasn't he on the FK Twigs track? That was like the only track of hers that I hated uh, ever. And oh, it was that hit? Maybe. It was, yeah. I think it was. Um, I mean, that's uh,
0: like,
2: it sounds like some bias right there. I mean, yeah. I didn't like his music and I haven't had an opinion, so if that's bias, I suppose it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I thought it had some bits. I, I did like the mix of, of genres and styles and stuff. I thought it had some Beck in it at certain points, some of the early Beck in it. Mm-hmm. And I also thought it had some Frank Ocean in it, which I generally like. Um, some of the kind of more sort of R&B orientated stuff. Um, when I got to the more annoying parts, it was to do with his vocals. Maybe it was what actually Matt was talking about around the, the grating sort of turn up to 11 time model of the vocal sometimes, particularly yeah. Starface was, was probably the, most, the one I was most annoyed with. Um, but I didn't hate it. I just found it a little bit irritating. I think as well, at its worst, the album turns into a little bit of 100 Gecs at certain moments uh not nearly as bad as that but in in that ballpark so um yeah but overall i think it it did win me over and uh, i'm glad we put it on the list yeah that's me cool
0: well yeah i mean similar stuff i was pretty quick to dismiss this album on the first couple of listens it felt chaotic it felt a bit throwaway. Um, it didn't have anything in it that really grabbed me but over time i kind of yeah thought it was quite an interesting album um Lots more interesting than I thought at first. In a weird way, it kind of reminded me of that um, Rena Sawa Yama album we covered earlier yeah. in the year, um, which I know is a lot of people want to. You know, it's on a lot of lists for highlights of twenty twenty. And I think it's not because the music's similar, but I think they're both albums that mix together a lot of genres and styles in a way that shouldn't really work, but kind of does. Um, so I think yeah, this this album had bits of hip hop, it had some indie, it had some R and B, and I think. Matt's already mentioned Blink-182 and stuff, but it really did remind me of sort of early naughty skate punk on several occasions, um, which I'm not saying is a good thing, by the way. <laughs> um, but I did then end up generally enjoying some of the album. I think the opening song, Devilish, at first I found it really off-putting, but in the end I actually thought it was quite quite catchy and quite enjoyable, and I think it, in that one song he melds... A few genres together um which was quite impressive uh i thought dummy was probably the most indie song and i quite like that uh, my favorite was policia um which is like a multi-language anti-cop song um it's pretty aggressive it's quite catchy um but i might maybe i just like that because it's a, a an anti-cop song and i'm always here for an anti-cop song so <laughs> that might be part of it but um so yeah i ended up Respecting this album more than I expected to. um I think it's well put together. It melds a lot of genres together, but there is a lot of the elements of genres that I don't like, and the skate punk thing particularly stands up there. It's kind of, you know, the whininess is a, is a problem for me, and so yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting. I kind of enjoyed listening to it, but I can pretty much say I won't listen to it again. Even though I didn't dislike it, so yeah, that's kind of where I
1: landed. I think. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't think I've listened to something like this that's incorporated that skate punk genre before. Yeah. It's, it's like um interesting to hear but also I think similar sentiment of that was interesting that's cool uh <laughs> ne- next next <laughs> Yeah, well it's that thing isn't it, of thinking, you know,
0: and it was the similar similar for me with the Rina Sawayama album like I know it's really popular but for me I I found it fascinating to listen to but it had like the Evanescence-style effide- stuff in it that just isn't really my thing, so mm. I could I could find it interesting without wanting to ever listen to it again.
1: Um, so, so yeah. I was a big new metal boy, so I, I loved the Sally on album. <laughs> yeah, see... <laughs> Linkin Park I, all day. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, I was a Linkin Park fan. I'm a Limp Biscuit fan in the day. Not going to lie, but I was never an Evanescence really fan. really should lie, so. if you wouldn't mind. Maybe yeah. we should
1: do Linkin Park. I might do Linkin Park sometime for... Oh, a wire okay, now, really make make you guys listen to it.
0: That album's fantastic.
1: Um, I can't remember Which the name, but Hybrid Prairie it's a great album. Meteor is better. Nah, maybe we shouldn't down. really get into this one. conversation right now as nobody's <laughs> listened to it, it wasn't on the playlist.
0: Like, yeah, <laughs> anyway, wait, so. yeah, let's move on. Um, so Nick, you've already told us that um, Matt's stolen your answers. I have so a I backup gonna... now, though. I still have a backup, a backup. so I, I managed to pull oh, back up out of the bag at the last moment. Okay, so, so my next festive question is for Nick which song is mo- most likely to make a New Year's playlist and does that reflect the mood of the album?
2: Okay, I'm going to go with a song off the Busta Rhymes. Uh, I'm going to go with Slow Flow, the one that features Old Dirty Bastard. Mm. Um, I found this to be the coolest song. I'm not going to include Barry, obviously, but of the five albums, this was the coolest song uh, of all of them, in my opinion. It was so okay. crazily skittish uh and kind of but energetic as well at the same time it was just this bizarre eight-bit technology kind of synth all the way through it which i thought was really funny really amusing uh, and really kind of joyous um and then aldo bastard was also uh, did a good feature on it as well so that was really cool um and did it reflect the mood of the album i think it did overall um I would say, though, that um, I wasn't expecting that much from, it, from, from this artist coming back after a long break. I think I understand I'm not an expert on him, but... Yeah, 10 years. Uh, 10 years, right, okay. Um, but this, I think, ultimately is a really good album. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's got some bits, though, a little bit like Danny Brown, although it's not that good, but it's in that same ballpark. Um, I think uh, there are some things that pull it down, um I found what I assume is Chris Rock doing the uh speech bits at the end of the songs to be incredibly irritating after like mm-hmm. one listen. I kept around to skip past him, which was irritating. <laughs> uh, as he sort of shouts at me how Buster is the best ever. Um, which, you know, kind of undermines him in my opinion, because although it's a really good album, <laughs> he's certainly not the best ever from, from my perspective. Um and then also there were a couple of features that were that were pretty weak, like the Mariah feature um that was that was a big problem for me but overall um I I think it was it was it was good it was was really entertaining all the way through um I think the worst thing about it is its title Mm. uh, which I think is ridiculous really even though I can see where it's coming from but it's just so overly complicated it just doesn't work for me so anyway minor detail so no I I did enjoy it and I think um I will come back to it actually that's my answer that one
1: Okay. Um so Matt, do you wanna go? Yeah, 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 sure. Um yeah, I uh Did you forget you're on a podcast I, for shifted <laughs> <laughs> no, off. I have I've, I have mixed feelings about this album. Like certain okay. aspects of it are really uh really cool. It, it's um it's an absolutely relentless tirade of an album, and you know, I found it quite exhausting. Um, especially as it's an hour and twenty minutes long, mm-hmm. it it doesn't let up. It goes hard for the whole thing, <laughs> and there is the kind of lack of like ebbing and flowing within that. It, it is t- it makes it a tough listen, I find. Um, but that said, there's some, like there's obviously some a lot of good shit in there. It's just and it's just a lot <laughs> and it, but so i i do appreciate like the fact that he ha, he came back and he's made this album that is very much his, it seems like his style of album i haven't really listened to him before but it has this very classic feel to it and you can see from the features involved right like you have mariah carey which uh, nick mentioned but also like mary j blige old idiot bastard and q-tip like mm-hmm. a lot of those have still been doing stuff but like they're very much callbacks to a certain generation mm. um and so it, that with the like the style of the music as well very much feels like this um hardcore rap album that i haven't really either been looking for or heard um in the main mainstream coming out that's being appreciated by people for a long, uh, for a while. So when you um, say, just to interrupt that's... you for a
2: second would you say then just in terms of the this question was originally about new year's playlists and stuff that's a question that, that Fran put to me. Yeah. When you say it goes hard all the way through if you weren't stuck in your flat listening to it would it think would be better?
1: <laughs> I mean if you were in a club hearing it. I don't I I don't know. I don't, I don't... I haven't been to a club in a long time. <laughs> that's a fair point. Me neither. Um, I can just probably, imagine. Though. I has, can imagine has, that's all it is. It has a lot of, like, vitality and energy to it. But a uh, lot of that is also very... Well, like a lot of hip-hop, right? It's very... It frames itself as this... Um, he is... Like, it's the end of the world, right? Because of all this bad shit that's going on, like climate change and and police and the vaccines. Like, a lot of hot topics at the moment. Mm -hmm. But then Mm -hmm. it's really an album about him being back and being awesome. Um,
2: (laughs) As Chris Rock points
1: out. 90% of the album is. And, like, a lot of that works, and his whole shtick works. Um, There are times it doesn't, though. Like, I, I found the track with Rhapsody a bit much and a bit weird, the tone of that where it just was so self, very self-aggrandizing around his role in his relationship with his son and just making Rhapsody be this person that apologizes the entire time was just felt weird huh. <laughs> um yeah but I don't know I didn't I don't think I'll listen to this again because I just it's too tiring <laughs> maybe <laughs> I can dip into it and find a song that I'll take out of it and put it in a playlist. Such
2: but. an old man, aren't you, Jesus?
0: Yeah, hopeless. It's weird for like a I sort do. of party album uh, in some ways for for Nick to be the one that's connected with it more than you. It's
1: normally the other way around. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That. Actually, have you got? Have you guys? I don't suppose you saw any of the videos for this? I didn't. No. You no. Just, if you haven't, you should watch the video for Saar because okay. at, at one point he's like riding a shark. <laughs> and then he another point he kills someone by just like holding his hand out and uh, like electric bolts come out <laughs> nice nice
0: he's always gone pretty hard with his videos he used it's to have some so, amazing man. videos back in the day so
1: yeah um, wow cool is that it you? Was, yeah it's funny and it's like eight 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 minutes long <laughs> right <laughs> nice i'll check yeah, it out yeah okay cool uh
0: so yeah i kind of gave you a gentle nudge towards picking this album Matt and uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. Like, yeah, I've always had a bit of a soft spot, soft, soft spot for Buster Rhymes. Um, in the era when I was really into hip hop, like he was one of those people who was just popping up everywhere. He he would have absolute mega hits, and then he'd feature on everyone's songs. And whenever he featured, he would sort of steal the show because like his flow, when at its peak, was just the best there was really like so fast, so clear, so aggressive. I think at one point he actually held the record for the fastest first in, in hip hop history. I don't know if he still has that, but on a track called break your neck, I think it was, um, incredibly fast. Um, but the other thing about him was he was always very, very patchy and I would usually prefer his features and his singles to the whole albums. Like the only whole album that I really liked was extension level event one which Extinction level event one, which is why I wanted to listen to this. Um, so I thought it was interesting seeing him come back with a sort of sequel to it. But honestly, the only link I can see to the first album is the fact that it's a Buster album. So that's pretty much the only mm-hmm. thing. But, um, and I'd say my past experience of Buster really played out here. Like it is a patchy album. I think it does have real highs. Um, I think he really shows off that, you know, he's still got it on... Like the opening track and the track with MOP, um, and I think um, Nick mentioned this track, but the track with ODB, uh, which is ironically called Slow Flow, is the absolute standout here. I think I think oh, it's yeah. got a really good glitchy beat. I think both rappers are sounding like they were like at the peak of their career on that track, so that's great. And I think the following track with with Q Tip, which is called Don't Go, was was another really really strong track. And I think it was interesting to see then try as well as having all those like old old school rappers, um, he did have a few a few of current big current names and I thought the track with Anderson Pack was really good, but I was a lot less keen on the tracks with Rhapsody and Kendrick. Um didn't I wasn't really into them at all. Um and I think that's where we get to it being patchy. It's like Matt said, um there are enough good tracks here for it to be a very good album, but it's padded out to an hour and twenty minutes with a lot of filler and a lot of ragging which is you know standard but it's it doesn't need to be that long but i also think we can allow um Buster a bit of indulgence after you know coming back after so long and and being who he is so
1: yeah.
0: interestingly i think i'm going to sort of segue into the talking about another album here or one of you taking over and talk about um the conway the machine album because i think it's without going too much into that i think it's really interesting to see that the more dynamic and exciting hip hop album on on this list seems to me to be the one that's from someone who's been around forever more than from the modern artist but i won't say any more about that we'll now you it to... it's fine you shall I, shall Should i i go, go straight go into it, Conway actually, yeah, do yeah. it yeah. Yeah. okay okay just, just go back to my notes yeah. so i wasn't left with like loads to say about this album i think what was interesting and thinking about the comparison to buster um I also think it's interesting to think about this in comparison to the Shane Noir album we covered a couple of months ago. Um, yeah. yeah. I think we talked about that Shane Noir album and how it harked back to like the likes of Pac and Biggie and that she referenced that in the beats and even in the stories of the songs. Um, and I think we were really, we were okay with that. We all enjoyed that album. Um, whereas I think Conway, The Machine, From King to a God, I think it's another example of an album trying to do that, sort of harking back to the old school But I think for me, it had the opposite effect to the effect it had on Shay I think um, it was funny, like my first couple of lessons to the album, there were a couple of songs that I thought that really sounds like another group or another artist. And when I looked into those songs, it turned out that those artists were on the songs. So Lemon, that he did with Method Man, sounds exactly like a Wu-Tang song. It just sounds like a ripoff of a Wu-Tang song. Um, and as much as I always enjoy hearing Method Man, that song was just too much of an, Im- an imitation of them. And then there's a track called Juvenile Hell, um, which, while I was listening to it, I was thinking the production sounded exactly like a production from the era of sort of G-Unit and The Game and 50 Cent and all of them. And then I found out that Lloyd Banks from G-Unit was on that song. So <laughs> every song that stood out was because it sounded much like something else that I really used to like and that I, that I preferred to this. Um, so yeah, that doesn't mean I hated any of this. It's just, it was just a bit of a band album. I think that I'll never go back to. And it didn't really sort of, um, it, it harked back to a lot of older stuff without doing anything interesting with that. Um, I think the only song on it that I really like on its own merits was the track Anza, um, which featured someone called Armani Caesar. Um, and I don't know who that is, but maybe this just sounds like one of that guy's tracks from 10 years ago as well, because that's what all the other ones do. <laughs> so it's kind of where I landed on that one. Um, who wants to jump in?
2: I can go. Uh, if that's go all right. It. Yeah. yeah. I, won't, I won't be long. Um, yeah. So this album, in line with what Fran has said, frankly, is completely hip-hop by the numbers, I felt like. It was just every... Cliche, it was so fly. It was every cliche came through, like the hollow bravado and Mm. kind of the toughness and stuff. And none of it really spoke to me at all. Um, none of it seemed like any more than just as I say playing through the clichés you know running through the numbers of what what a hip hop artist needs to do even the title from a king to a god is mm-hmm. just standard fare in it i mean really. which is the
0: worst title though
2: that or Busters? I still think the Buster album has got worse because it's, it's got a <laughs> subtitle on it which I, I can't stand albums with yeah. subtitles um yeah so but from a king to <laughs> I think that it's might from be a king a to a oh
1: god is it not
2: Captain capital letters king to i god think that god.
1: might be yeah. capital z and kanye reference okay, okay. which one could have a lyric what if they have a lyric: what, "What's a king to a god?" Okay, and he just mentioned them
2: on the album a bit, doesn't he? Okay, or at least Kanye. Yeah. Well, that's that's giving him a lot of credit then. That he's not suggesting he's the one. But yeah, um, so the flow is okay. Um, nothing really grabbed me as unusual or fresh in any way, uh, and I think it is very interesting. I'm glad we did it in this order of talking about the Buster and the Conway together, um, because I think the Buster album leaves the Conway album in the dust. Um, mm. It's got a lot more going on. I mean, I know it's longer, but it's got a lot more going on. It's so much more interesting, so much more energetic, so much fresher. Um,
0: So, yeah, uh, I don't know what else I can say really about Conway. It's not something I'll go back to at all. It's interesting. They both have someone bigging them up as the best of all time on the albums. And when the guy doing it on the Conway album was doing it, Conway album was doing it, I was just thinking... Not really, mate. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Buster <laughs> is not the best in my limited knowledge still. but Buster is still not the best. But, but um, the fact
0: that he is like, he exactly. has the Exactly. He's, he's in around the conversation, around, isn't he? He had yeah. the fastest yeah, yeah. flow of all time and all that yeah. stuff. So, yeah, he's not my favorite artist of all time, but he does have some claims on it. Yeah, exactly. He's in the, he's common, in the conversation. Yeah. Comment machine. The machine the who, got... who is that? You yeah, know, like, frankly. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I, I don't think it is
2: fair. Yeah. That's it for me mm-hmm. on that one.
1: Uh, well, just so you know, the fastest flow now is Ocean Wisdom. Yeah, I thought so. I would have said he beat him out. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I'm not surprised. But that that doesn't necessarily mean better. But <laughs> that's, that's I know the whose voice now. I'd
0: rather listen to. But anyway, huh. we're on getting to another yeah, argument I, about another band.
1: Yeah. Um. I. I. I yeah. This is going to be also quick. I have a lot of the same notes as you guys. I felt I made the same comparison to Shane Noir. Um. For me, Shane Noir's uh, album was a uh, uh, homage and this is like you guys are saying this is just following exactly the same path um mm. and that's a good not point yeah. paying respects it's just it's just i'm going to do what they did in a copy um and uh, but th- they're like there's generally some stuff i like about it there's a few very few Parts that I do. The third track I liked a lot, the Method Man one, but that may be mm. just because it sounds like Wu Tang. I look really look. like that. He- just <laughs> the heavy sense that's just throughout the whole song. I just really like that tone. Um, but yeah, if they're just ripping off another song, that doesn't mm. really count. Um, and also, Fran mentioned Anza. Anza to me um, sounds like a different song. It sounds like Vossi Bop, um, the mm. Stormzy song, um, and. That to me is why it stood out from everything else. It had a real grime sound to it, I think, um, which I enjoyed a lot. It actually sounded like a fresh song, right? It sounded like a new song,
0: didn't it, (laughs) rather than an old song? Maybe that's it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, I like being able to hear classic, uh, like, well, proper American hip hop taking influences from the UK and doing something with it. And I think that was done effectively in that. Um, although it did sound remarkably similar to Vossy Pop, but maybe that's just me. Um But that said, like, you, your guys' comparison to Buster, I think it's fair, but actually, on reflection, even though this is just a mere album, I'm probably more likely to listen to this one just because wow. I found Buster so exhausting. It, <laughs> there's, there's never going to be a point where I'm just like... I want to listen to 80 minutes of this Buster album. I don't think. Um, Why would you just, listen to the company, the machine again if you from all that you just said about it? sometimes I just want to listen to hip hop but not think about it. <laughs> if this would be wow. this is a it's very hip hop hip hop lift music. That's what you're basically saying. This this would be a very much like hip hop by numbers and <laughs> like like Nick said, I just want some just generic hip hop.
0: Just put some good hip
1: hop on. Because there's no other options, are there? That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could put some good hip hop on. Yeah. That's hilarious. But... Or even some
0: average hip hop. Like you know, <laughs> if you want to listen to something that's similar to this, put like the G Unit. I know you know. I know what we think of if people don't like 50 Cent and stuff, but a G Unit oh, album right. or a Game album is actually more enjoyable than this album by quite a long way.
1: Yeah, I guess I could just do something else. Yeah, but <laughs> not going to. No, yeah, very strange. No. Is that you?
0: Is that you, one? Yeah, Conway them shit. Yeah, that's that's me. All right, we'll go to Nick. Do you want to talk about Tom Beck or sure. um, Mazzy Star? Let's do Nick. Tom Beck, shall we? Yeah, go for it. Okay,
2: um, so this. I really wish I could draw a diagram for this album, I'm going to say, uh, on air. I don't know how I can do that, but I would love it if everyone could just focus very hard on what I'm about to say. Use your words. I will. i use my words, yeah. Um, so I thought that, just first of all, that the beats in it were uh, were reasonable. There wasn't much development in the beats, so I, I didn't really uh, feel like they moved much. They had much of an arc. But the big story is that I think this album has possibly the worst lyrics I have ever heard in an album. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't do them justice by just reading them. It needs the context of the really droning vocals to de- de- deliver them to really get the how hard hit you are by these these vocals. But I will give you an example as best I can. The song "My Child." Um, I recommend everyone has to listen to this after and, and see what see, or pause this and have a listen and see what they think after I've gone through this. So basically, the, the lyric of, in, in the first end of the first verse is Knowing how good it is to have you in my life, yeah, it is not often the easiest thing to say out loud, but I'm so happy I found you, you're the one, my best friend in the world and now a mum of my child, yeah, my <laughs> child.
1: <laughs> so Fuck, I didn't
2: even notice that. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not, I mean, obviously, you're already laughing, so you can see that there's, there's a few problems there, but just to be specific the the album the lyrics are, fixed, are forced into these weird line breaks that don't make any sense a lot of times mm. so we've got knowing how good it is to have you in slash in my life is is just a really weird forced line that doesn't fit with the with the melody and it feels like it's it's just clumsy but then on the end of two of the, four, of the four lines I just read, he ends up with the word yeah, which I always think is a lazy move. If you've got an extra word, you've got to put it on a beat and just say yeah after it. It's just because you run out of ideas for the actual lyric. <laughs> <laughs> then it's so... So there's wasteful stuff and, like that, and then there's, there's stuff that's crammed in. Like, it's not often the easiest thing to say out loud, but it's a really weird a really weird line as well to sort of cram into, a, into that space. Then there's some things that are so staid, so boring, like, I'm so happy I found you. You're the one. I mean, it just sounds so dull. And then there are some that are so awkward as well. Like on the, the following line, my best friend in the world and now a mum of my child, which yeah, that I think is, is in brackets. Very bad. <laughs> I mean, that it's just bad. shocking. It is shocking. So honest, honestly, although the music of it was was okay, I, I wasn't in love with it, but it was okay. Th- this lyrical situation, along with the, the sort of very, very droney vocals, makes this album unlistenable yeah. to me. I mean painfully unlistenable and there's, there's many more examples than just my child although my child is probably the worst of them um, so yeah, that's uh, a little bit of a close reading of <laughs> of my child and, uh, and that album Yeah, so no, not not my favourite um, right. and, and also interestingly I think compared to the Gene Dawson which is just has a little bit of overlap in terms of the Electronica side of it um, the Gene Dawson completely kills this album uh, again, a bit like we've had with Buster and Conway, there's, there's mm. two pairs of albums in the, uh, these I think um, and the tombeck is is not doing well in reflection of, of gene dawson anyway that's me on that one
1: okay matt sure so uh i suggested this album because he for a while has been one of my favorite artists and um, his <laughs> his first album is one is in my maybe top 50 albums um i love it yeah. um, and i love I I the lyrics i I like certain parts of this album, <laughs> but yeah, the ly- lyrical side of things are not, it's, it's not his strongest work. Like, I'm surprised you didn't talk about Slippery Fish. Yeah, cause... Slippery
2: Fish is like <laughs> mad <some> Monty Python, <laughs> isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know if right. he's actually trying to be funny or not in that one. I, I was kind of suspicious.
1: Yeah, like I, I get, I, he, he must be. Yeah, but then the, it does seem like he is using this metaphor of just like you have to, you get through life like you're a slippery fish, <laughs> slipping around. It's, you just got to <laughs> kind of using it as as a way of saying go with the flow, kind yeah, of. Exactly. And but like, like aren't for all me, fish I'd slippery you... <laughs> <laughs> ah, maybe not. That's a very random question depends, to have a debate about right d- d- now. <laughs> it depends which way you uh, you brush them. Why are you brushing fish? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? They're sca- they're <laughs> anyway, just ignore
0: this.
1: I uh, really will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking
2: hell!
1: That's amazing. That's the most random conversation think- we've ever had in this in 37
2: episodes. Are <laughs> <Our> fish slippery? <laughs>
1: yeah, they definitely are a bit. <laughs> anyway, anyway. so it's a good observation okay, on his back part, on track. yeah <laughs> i think yeah lyrically he's definitely taken a step backwards right he, he always had very straightforward ideas that he would repeat so there's it, a lot of repetition the way he delivers stuff and that's always been the case um but he often makes some like complex metaphors with the more um like obvious ones and it was, at times, quite abstract, the lyrics. And in this album, that's pretty much gone. Um, like, there are metaphors, but they're not interesting or artistic, I don't think. Um, musically, it, it sounds like a Tom Beck album. Like Musically, it's almost like... We've, we've used this uh, idea before, or analogy, but, like, it sounds like someone aping tom veck by just doing all the tom veck things <laughs> like it does sound like he always has this kind of um like the way the, the drums are recorded it almost sounds like they're in a well somewhere <laughs> and his vocals are always very monotone because he ha- he has a very like limited delivery style but i've always liked that about him that he just owns that Um and then he has like the simple beats with the kind of lilting guitars all over it Um, but it just feels like all of these signatures are just a little bit more exaggerated than usual and there isn't as much of a a deft touch, um, which, yeah, it means for me, like, I'm just less interested in this album than his previous three. And to be honest, he's just, his first album was amazing, his second album was pretty good, his third album was... (laughs) Good. I see where this is going. <laughs> so, yeah, we're not on the best trajectory. But like, it's still the album I listen to more than probably anything else on this list, just because I wanted to get as much from it as possible. Well, um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty disappointed. Okay. So yeah, it's interesting hearing you
0: talk about um about it, Matt because I, when you picked Tom Beck I really recognised the name, and then when I listened to it. It was really ringing a load of bells. And then I slowly started to remember that you spent a lot of time when we lived together at university trying to get me to listen to Tom Beck um, and yeah. trying to convince me that Tom Beck was good. Um, but I couldn't remember anything about him um, when I came back to it. And, and that makes a lot of sense to me after listening to this album because it just feels instantly forgettable. Um I feel like every time it ends, I can't remember anything interesting about it, either in a good or bad way, really. It just feels extremely middle of the road. That's high praise, I think, personally. It, it has nothing really to say. Um, I didn't notice, I didn't really pay much attention to the limits because I was just bored. Um I think occasionally, and I've I've written down slippery fishes, so we will have to talk about it again. Um, yeah, I it think it's occasionally a little bit quirky, and that's about as interesting as it gets. But it's not really in a way that makes me think anything much about it. Um, and I'm going to return to a, another another debate from the last. Well, I don't I don't think we did debate it, but um, we talked about how you spell the word meh. And um, I think that's another word that I need to use again today. I think this, personally, I didn't hate it as much as Nick. I didn't think there was anything offensive or horrible about it, but there was nothing exciting or new. I feel like it just kind of exists, and and that's it. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about the Tom Beck album. It certainly wasn't the one that I listened to most on this playlist. Uh, It certainly was the one I listened to least. But, yeah, so sorry to Slate, one of your favourite artists, Matt,
1: but... I don't, don't worry it's, it's just weird I think for me it's alt, this kind of alt pop indie sphere has moved so much in the past 15 years and he's, I think he's using the same beats that he did 15 years ago and he was interesting and weird at the time and now mm. he's not. so, so he, not what you're sense. saying then is he's not a slippery fish.'t uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't gone with the fly. He's uh-huh. too slippery. he's stayed exactly where he is.
0: <laughs> hey? Yeah, that's if you're just really slippery, would you stay exactly where <laughs> you are?
2: I love how we got back to this yeah, ridiculous no conversation. Friction. That's perfect. That's what I was hoping for, was that we spend more time yeah. talking about Slippery Fish.
0: All right, I'm going to move us on. I'm going to start on um, on Mazzy Star, this mm. month's classic, um, So Tonight That I Might See. So I think we're 37 episodes in, and for the first time I found a classic album that does what I was hoping all of the classic albums would do. Um so like halfway through the first song, Fade Into You, it made me wonder why I hadn't been listening to this artist for for years. I, I love that first song. Um, I think last month I talked about how much I enjoyed the Woody Guthrie and I love the Biggie and the Nas classics that we've done previously. But this is the first classic that I can really imagine sort of going into my regular rotation and becoming more like one of my go-to albums. I think it's fantastic. Um, I love that it's not neatly pigeonholed into one genre. I think it's got bits of soul, it's got bits of the blues, some psychedelica, it's folky at times, it's a bit shoegazy at times. And I think the fact that it's so varied and nuanced that it doesn't feel particularly dated to me, especially when you compare it to a lot of other music that came out in 1993. If you think about some of the early 90s music that's really dated, I don't feel that this is. Um, I think it's a really dreamy, sort of mysterious sounding album. I think it feels quite dark at times. Um, And I think that's just a really lovely, mesmerising interplay between the vocals and the guitar. I think they play off each other extremely well. I think her albums, her her voice is incredible. Um, I like all of the album, but I do like the loud, rockier songs. But for me, the albums shines most when it's the, the quieter, more introspective songs. So I've mentioned Fade Into You. I really liked Five Strings Serenade and Into Dust. I thought they were the three best songs. But yeah, this was the album on this playlist by far that I listened to the most. And it, to be honest, a lot of the time when I listened to the playlist, it was I just wanted to skip through all of the other albums to get get to this one. It's I think it's great. So despite not loving any of the other four albums, I re- I really really enjoyed this one. So yeah, that's me. Let's go to Nick. Uh, yeah, it's interesting.
2: You used the word um, mesmerizing. Yeah, uh, and I can see I can see where you're going with that. I think there's a there's a downside where looking at it as well at times, which is soporific. I think when it becomes really really uh, that dreamy quality completely overcomes it. There are times when I found it um, I couldn't sort of get a handle on it. I was just sort of let it slide right past me, and, and that was uh, it was it was so passive, you know. Um, and I'm not gonna. I'll back up and say I, I don't. I didn't hate this album. I thought it. I thought it had some good bits, and I did. I did enjoy what w put on the list. Um, but I think one of the things that I found a bit difficult about it was the um, the guitars, which were fairly heavy on quite a lot of the songs, were really set very very low in the mix and and tuned and, and sort of tonally sort of tuned down to be very passive and in the background a lot. So in fact, if you take a song like Bell, is it Bells Ring? Is that was that the yeah? Mm. That song has actually, if you if you just really focus on it, quite heavily distorted guitars. Um, and actually the song is still very dreamy, um, which I think is, is almost a pity really. I I think to be fair, I think it may be sort of a victim of the production style of the times in some ways. Um, but I wanted to have a little bit more bite. Um, She's My Baby is another example of the same kind of thing where the distortion has been kind of gutted, uh, and the album, the song is therefore very slight, um, but I mean, I, I, there were points I liked. Uh, I thought "Mary of Silence" is that one. Good
0: song.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, that that was good track. Um, in fact, that song and a few of them sounded very like like the better side of the Doors to me, uh, mm-hmm. like very um, like moody and uh, delicate uh, and slightly sinister. Um, so yeah, I I did enjoy it overall. But I I think I think. Yeah, I just don't know how I sit with like the notion of mesmerizing and whether or not that's something that that really holds as a positive for me, or whether I see it as a bit more of a of a of a downer in a way. Um, so I mean, yeah,
0: surely if you're mesmerized, that's a good thing, isn't it? Mesmerized by well, it's almost by music, like hypnosis. A isn't
2: thing? It. it is like hypnosis. isn't it, so I mean, it, that would be just like put to sleep by. I think in a way. So, <laughs> uh, but I, again, I'm not. I'm not saying I, I. I totally felt that. I just felt that there were times when it, it was too. Smooth and too mellow for my taste, and I think as well it was positioned right after the Buster um, mm-hmm. on the playlist, which was difficult for it because, obviously, as we've all said, whether it's better or worse, the Buster is, is certainly a very loud album, so it came across mm. as very, very passive after that. But yeah, uh, glad we did it, glad we did it. Um, yeah, and it's a 93 album, isn't it? Did we say that? It is, it's 93 album, yeah. So I've been obsessed with 993 music lately, so that's uh, that's interesting as well for me, yeah. So I'm glad we did it, thanks. No,
1: Cool, well I'm going to take One word that Nick said Soporific I'm going to say it it felt mostly uh, Worse than that (laughs) To me it felt slow Kind of processional And at points pretty drab I I didn't find the (laughs) I didn't think this album was Special in any way I felt like I was seeing a Band in a pub and <laughs> it, just, it just
2: really was just like, oh, okay. The problem is, though, if like, this band was playing in a pub, it would be it would be so quiet that you wouldn't be able to hear anything they were doing at all because anyone's conversation would be over them.
1: Well, that's, what, that's almost it. If this it, band was right? in a pub, I would not just, be talking to
0: you two. I told you that much. <laughs> fucking it
1: just, hell. Like, to, I guess some of what you said, like the levels were so weird and and just everything was hazy, that it did feel like, oh, a badly set-up band just putting on a live performance, and you are just like, you can't hear anything properly.
2: <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um,
1: like, I, like, I knew Fade Into You really well, and so this really wasn't an album I expected after Fade Into You because it feels like there's Fade Into You and then the rest of the album, Um, and Fade Into You is a fantastic song. Um, and it's obviously the standout to me. But then after that, it just kind of just fades away into uh, <laughs> ah, this kind of folky, hazy, shoegazy, alt-rock mix of stuff, which just, it just, for me, it's just a <laughs> this <laughs> is
0: This is the most shirt you've talked on the podcast, I think. Wow. That is That's my conclusion.
1: I just, I... I'm not surprised that you like it, Fran. To be fair, it hits a lot of your buttons, but it, it hits Good a lot music. of the things that they I managed just to insult done.
2: the band and Fran at the same time. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well,
1: it's just, it's just a lot of stuff. I, like at the end, I, like, I, like I did like some stuff. I, I think a song that you mentioned was "Married to Silence." Like the drums in that, I really liked. They were very um, isolated in a way that reminded me of Joy Division. Mm. um that i really liked because that was nicely mixed with everything else it had a different sound um but a lot of the time i was just like yeah i liked her voice as well but then i just to me i just ended up wanting to listen to fleetwood mac afterwards because it just felt like a
0: less good stevie Nicks. I mean Fleetwood Mac. Um, you know you know my feelings on Fleetwood Mac, so um, Yeah, you're not. A fan, if you if you prefer Fleet Fleetwood Mac to this album then it, it says everything we need to know.
1: I th- I think uh I think Rumours is probably probably better than this by uh, by uh, quite a wide wide margin. Um yeah, I I'm surprised by how much you like it, Fran, but um, I think it's fantastic. Yeah.
0: It's, and I'm, I'm I'm very surprised. I didn't um I didn't think you'd Blow love it, it, but I'm surprised to hear quite such a, a ridiculous reaction, to be honest. No, I, I, I'm surprised how much you like it.
1: You like Tom Beck. <laughs> anyway, I, I let's think, not just argue. Yeah. Yeah, I, this, This. well, No. I'm not going to yeah, no, I'm I'm defend at the, um, this Tom Beck album.
0: I'm good. surprised at the vast opinions on that album. I actually thought The Magic Style would be at least relatively popular with both of you, but...
1: Mm. Fair enough. Fade Into You is an awesome song.
2: I I kind of find it surprising you think that that's different from the rest of the album, though. I mean, I I didn't hate it or or love it, but I think it was pretty
0: consistent with the general dreamy quality of the album. I wonder, Matt, if some of that for you comes, because obviously Chloe Foy has covered Fade Into You, and I think you probably know that version.
1: Did you not know that? I haven't heard that. No. Oh, interesting.
0: I thought maybe you'd spent some time... Because that is a much folkier version than this version, so I wondered if that was where you were seeing the big difference between the two, because you were
1: used to that version. No, I've just... I've heard Fade Into You on so so many, like, top 500 songs of all time. Okay. Right. Well, that's us for the five hours. big moment. So I
0: think we're on to... David Bowie time. Um, well, so yeah, how, how we're going to set a timer. You're not the, getting more than 45 minutes on Yeah, Bowie, we should okay. talk about what, what we, do we do think we of you the, the playlist play in general first. Shouldn't yeah. We? yeah. That's the point Matt's going to make. Um, I'll go. Um, average. One very good album. <laughs> One word. <laughs> One very good album. One album I enjoyed with some questions, and then three average to poor albums. Um, so not my favourite playlist, but not my worst. Average.
2: I would I would go with almost exactly the same reasoning, but not for the same albums. Uh, the Buster was really good. The Mazzy Star was okay. Um, the other three, I, pro- I won't go back to. I mean, I that's pretty much the Tom same albums. you just swap the Buster and the exactly, so Mazzy. It's band, the album, pretty much the same so. albums. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the uh, obviously the Tom Vec will only go on for a laughter track. <laughs>
1: Slippery fish. Yeah. God. It was so goofy. Sorry, I just can't get over how goofy <laughs> those lyrics were. <laughs> um, I, I, I would say this is below average. Maybe a lot below average. The only thing I might go back to, I think, is Gene Dawson, just because I think there was some interesting stuff in there. But that made me actually more excited for potentially a second album from them more than anything else. Yeah.
0: So... Yeah, okay,
1: so
2: not that not our favourite. No, not really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm starting cool. the timer on Barry,
0: right? Okay. Well, yeah, I've written in my first bullet point, so it's David Barry in 10 to 15 minutes, so please wish me luck. Um, but yeah, okay, I'll get started. So before I start, I just want to point out that I'm by no means an expert on Barry and his career, and I know, there's, I know with someone like Barry there's going to be people out there who know a lot more than me. And if they're listening to it and uh, and want to tweet me and, and tell me I'm wrong about things, then please don't, because I won't read them. Um, <laughs> I also know that some people will probably be already shaking their heads at me calling him Bowie instead of Bowie. Uh, I know it's not technically right, but that's what I call him. So, you know, it, that, that's what it is. So, yeah, we'll move on. So, yeah, once I decided to talk about Bowie in this Why I Love section of the podcast, I spent a lot of time thinking about how I was possibly going to do this. Um This is a man who released 27 albums in a 49 year music career and it was no easy task and when I first put the playlist together I had 72 songs which I eventually got down to 20 songs and I mean this means songs like Life on Mars weren't on there, um, Diamond Dogs, a lot of songs that you know I had to cut so it was tough Um, and then it was tough to decide what to talk about about Bowie so I decided to restrict myself to speaking about three elements of his music that make it stand out to me over pretty much any other musician. Um, and the first one of those kind of took me a while to figure out exactly how, what I meant by it. But I started thinking about the other artists I've talked about on the podcast and what connection there is between them and Bowie. Um, so artists like The National, Nadine Shah and Aldous Harding. Um, and the main thing I came to here was the attention to detail. Um, so many of the artists and bands that i love pay so much attention to every element of every song and i think none more so than bowie um sometimes it's, it's just little tiny things like the guitar solo that comes in to the outro of let's dance it's just you know, i don't know if many people would have thought to put that guitar solo into the outro of a song but it takes the song to another another level and then one of my favorite little details in the track golden years um there's just a little backing vocal where he says wah 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 like that after every second golden years in the chorus and it's such a tiny thing (laughs) but it makes that song and if it didn't have that little it wouldn't be the song it is and it's an incredible little detail um but the main example i want to use for that is the song right which is from the young american um young americans album so it's probably his most soulful song and it sounds so loose and free and almost like a jam session at times. But I don't know if anyone's seen the documentary five years about Bowie's career or five years of his career, but you can see the meticulous work he puts into everything. And it, there's a set, there's a section in that documentary where he's working with the backing singers to get every little bit of that song right. And it sounds so all over the place at times, but, it really isn't it's really well structured and uh, you you can see the backing singers and the band stressing out because he's so meticulous but you know it works so even when his music sounds haphazard and free which it often does he's personally crafted every little bit of it and i think that's one of the main reasons he's as loved as he is because there's there's little things that i think a lot of people won't even notice they love about songs but they make the songs what they are so that's the attention to detail I think my second reason is something I've decided to call transcendent moments in the songs. And by that, I mean these little moments in his songs, whether it's a verse or a single line that sort of take them to a the next level and turn them into something really special. Um, I don't know if everyone does this or just me, but to give you an example of what I mean by these moments, it's kind of sometimes if there's a moment in the song, I I'll I rewind it as soon as I hear it because I want to hear it again. Or if I miss it when I'm listening to the song, I have to put the song back to the start because that's the that's the reason I'm listening to the song. And that happens with a lot of artists, but with Barry it happens a lot. Um, and I think, I'll give you just a few examples. There's some on nearly every song, but one again is on Let's Dance, the line when he sings like a flower for the first time, and he almost screams the word flower, and it's just so, like, it just grabs you. Um And others on Ashes to Ashes, um, when he sings one of my favourite sets of lyrics of all time. The lyrics are, I've never done good things, I've never done bad things, I've never done anything out of the blue. Um, I think it's a set of lyrics that turn this song from something quite obscure and something abstract to something really and relatable. And finally, on that point, I could probably pick out the whole of Heroes as a transcendent moment. And I think it is one of the few songs in the world that could be considered as the best song ever written. But, you know, we can have that argument later. But for me, the final verse of that song stands out as, you know, one of the standout moments in music when he screams. I I can remember standing by the wall and the guns shot above our heads and we kissed as though nothing could fall. Um that just makes the hair stand up on my arm every time I hear it. Um, and if you don't know, that was one of the songs he wrote while he, he, wrote while he was in Berlin. And, um, you know, there's a the whole Berlin era of Bowie's music. So that was all around the Berlin Wall. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. And the final reason, and I think I'm doing all right in actually getting through this relatively quickly, but um, the final reason is a pretty obvious one uh, that everyone says about Bowie. So I'm not going to dwell on it for too long, but it, it's the way he changes things up and adapts. Um So if you look at this playlist, I started with Rubber Band, which was released in 1967. um, And I finished with Lazarus, which was released in 2016. And if you think of them as the same person, I think it's almost unbelievable. But I hoped that in putting the playlist together, I really demonstrated this adaptability, but also showed the sort of continuity throughout his career i think he went through soulful stages he went through rock stages he went through psychedelic stages even went through a krautrock rock stage a drum and bass st- stage but it was always so clearly him i included little wonder one the one of the drum and bass tracks on here and i think even though it's a drum and bass track it still has bowie sort of all over it um and i think that ability was never demonstrated as strongly as it was in 2013 when he came back after 10 years and dropped it, Where Are We Now um, from the Next Day album. It's just a totally new sound from him, uh, like a really sort of older, wiser, sort of really serious song, which he's not always done in that respect. And, and then he followed that album with Black Star three years later, his, his final album. Um, so I included two, two tracks from that. One of them was Girl Like Me, <clears throat> which I included... Just as an example, really, of how experimental and interesting he still was, uh, even at Death's Door. I mean, that song was apparently inspired by the language used in Clockwork Orange, um, which I think is just fascinating. And and then I include Lazarus just because, you know, as the song that someone wrote when they knew they were dying and sort of left as a message for fans and stuff. I just think it's, it's stunning that someone can finish their career um, with that. And I think what's really interesting, again, and... If you talk about all those different stages of his career, he's always been looking at other people, seeing what they're doing, and then taking bits of it, but creating his own sound with it. I mean, if you look at the Soulful stage, he he was influenced by people like Stevie Wonder. The and Bass stage, obviously, he was influenced by all sorts of people. But what he talked about when he released Black Star was that he was really influenced by Kendrick Lamar and the production on To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, And I think you can hear that in the songs, the sort of jazzy elements. But I think it's just fascinating that someone like... Bowie is talking about being influenced by someone like Kendrick Lamar at the end of his career because it just shows that even at that age he was willing to try and adapt what was fresh and what was happening and what was current and what people were enjoying at the time so yeah I've condensed it to three of the reasons I love Bowie I could pick another 30 and I could do another playlist of Fifty-two songs, but I'm I'm going to leave it at that for now. Um, so I'm going to head over to you guys. Uh, who wants to Who wants to go first? Matt, why don't you go first?
1: Sure, sure. I, yeah, I I don't know what to say. It, it, he could <laughs> <laughs> be a I problem. Have a weird relationship with with uh, I also say Bowie because that's what my dad said. Um, yeah. I have a weird relationship with David Barry, just because I had almost Stockholm syndrome because my my dad was obsessed, <laughs> and so. <laughs> For the first 18 years of my life, that's all I heard. Like, any time my dad was around, because he'd put an album... He has all the albums, all the vinyls. He'd put an album on, and then it would finish, and he'd just press play again. It would just go (laughs) again and again, and then that would be the weekend. And then next weekend, there'll be a new David Bowie album in. Um, And so, until I moved out, I... I kind of had this weird oppressive relationship with it. And then yeah. absence made the heart grow fonder. And I actually could have an objective opinion about uh, him as an artist. Um, it's funny. It's almost
0: exactly the same as me. Like, when my parents used to listen to him as a kid, I, I used to be like, no, nah, I'm not into this guy. And then when pretty much when I moved away, to uni and like when we lived together that was when i started to get into myself when it wasn't just this music that my parents were making me listening to uh, so it's, it's interesting to hear that you had that same same, same experience yeah right?
1: Yeah, it's exactly this. I think uh, a lot of people... Because a lot of people talk about how their parents influence their musical tastes. Mm. And often it's giving them stuff. And so with my mum, she was always pushing on me stuff like... Um, mod, like uh, mod revival stuff like um, Paul Weller mm. uh, specials, things like that. Talking Heads. And I took those straight away. Um, but for my dad, it probably mirrors my relationship with my dad. It was much mm. more antagonistic. Um <laughs> And so it took me a long while to get David Bowie into the fold, but then, like, he's uh, undeniable, right? He There's very few artists that you can make the claim that they were the greatest ever. There's very few songs, few albums that you can actually say are in the conversation, and he is undoubtedly in that. Um, you talk about his influence and his reach. I don't think there's any artist that I can think of that has had such a a big impact over such a long period of time across diverse genres Mm. um as him and because of the way he moved and evolved and and i think you made some really really good points and i think the, the, the bit i'd pick up on is the way he is able to comment on what is important in society at the time right mm. and so you picked out the berlin war like i have a massive fascination with space and so him uh, talking about space in the way he did in 1969 and like the ostracization uh, and feeling alone that he portrays yeah. in uh, um when he's talking about major tom is something that a lot of people were thinking about at the time and i still think about all the time um, and how weird it must be to be out there and to be able to encapsulate that in such a moving way yeah um is uh, it's amazing and to think that that song is like 50 years old is i know
0: i know it's mad isn't
1: mind-blowing it. i think Absolute it's fascinating as well
0: around the space stuff because i know some people who i have tried to get into barry you know who these days and they hear it and they're like, why does he always think about space? Like what is the obsession? But back then space was a big thing, right? People were trying to figure out it yeah. was all, it was constantly in the news. It was constantly been talked about. There was all that sort of stuff going on regularly, you know, the space race and everything. So it, it, it was more of a thing then. And I think he, he was the only one to look at it in sort of that sort of interesting way, not just about, you know, who's going to be first to get there and what's important and all that kind of stuff. It was like, like you say, it was about the isolation and the sort of, yeah, it it's a human thing.
1: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, and like, yeah, he, yeah, he started his career when what a lot of people consider to be the greatest human achievement of all time was happening, mm. and so there's, yeah, there's a reason he's obsessed with it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not much we can really say. There's, there's, I think you did a really good job with the playlist. Um, considering like he's again one of the few artists you could make an argument that if you did a greatest hits album for him a double album yeah. is not enough yeah, um, yeah. I, and so to be able to make a reasonable playlist is it was, and to cover everything from start to finish <laughs> yeah very
0: tough um, do you have a favourite era Matt just performing do you have like a
1: favourite Bowie um no oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's important, like, I I would definitely prefer his older stuff to his newer stuff, but by older stuff, I mean a, probably a 20-year period. Either, yeah. I have think my favourite album is a live album, his recording in Philadelphia, which was during his, like, uh, Young Americans phase. Young Americans is my favourite album, personally. Yeah. So. You should, listen, his, if you haven't listened to the Live in Philadelphia album, it's... Mm. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, very good live music. He expands on a lot of the songs in an interesting way. I don't way. think I've heard it, weirdly, so I'll, I'll look it up today,
0: probably. Yeah. Do it. Cool. Okay, so from two people okay. who have a very uh, old relationship with Bowie through parents, I know you don't really, Nick. Yeah, I, well? I think that's a really interesting
2: place to start, actually, yeah, is that... Um... It's really interesting since I'm so obsessed with music on so many levels that there are people who've just passed me by. Um, and uh, I was actually talking to my mum about this this morning, about the fact we were doing the Bowie. Um, mm. Second chat out to my mum in one podcast. Um, mm. And uh, I realised you know, she's much more into it than I realised she was. She, she was talking all, about lots of details about, about the various periods and the albums and stuff. Oh, but I don't remember really listening to it much growing up at all. Um, there were other people... Other big sort of towering figures like Hendrix and stuff that were really big on on my parents' radar, but um, Barry was not really. Yeah, so in that sense, it was very it was great to have this as a playlist to get sort of get into it and get to understand more about what was going on, uh, having missed this this sort of giant, you know, in lots yeah. of ways. So I think my overarching comment would be, um, well, this is not a criticism because I actually really enjoyed it, but I, I thought it was actually a lot less odd than I was expecting, given the the sort of aura around him mm. um it was actually had some really uh some great tracks that were refinements of the pop song uh, and i think he would free it sounds to me like from what i've seen of and his that he would freely admit that was what he was shooting for yeah. um and they were sort of refinements of it that were that worked really well, and they had like a very clear structure, and they had repetition in the choruses and stuff. Now, for some reason, again misinformed about it, I had assumed it was going to be really, really weird. There was going to be a, there was, and maybe it's the playlist songs you picked. I don't know. I've, I don't know if I'm not familiar enough with this stuff, but I was expecting it to be really all over the place and like super odd ball. And a lot of it was not. Uh, there were a few bits later on in the in the list that were a bit more odd, but. Um, of course, it's reasonable to argue. I think you probably will argue that he was defining what was normal uh, in a way. Mm. He was redefining what the what the scope was of of the entire uh, musical enterprise. You know, so I, I can yeah. definitely see that. But again, when I listen to these, some of these songs, uh, even even in the middle period of of this playlist, they're still very clearly um, you know ver- uh, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus stru- structures. Um, there were little details though, I was interested when you are talking about the, the small details and these, these sort of nuanced perspective, that I thought really were interesting to me. So, for example, I thought he, I would guess he was pretty early, maybe very early in the use of some reverbs and stuff that he does on, there's a track, there's Moon Age, Jaydream, for example, yeah. towards the yeah, end of that yeah. song. Um, things sort of drift away on what I assume is a plate reverb they had they were using, but I would assume given the year i don 't know what year that was, but fairly early that that was that was a pretty early instance of the use of that kind of technology, so he definitely had those details um but i, I found um I found that really surprising overall yeah so um I think that 's just th- a comment
0: on that um mm. while you 're talking about it. I think the interesting thing is that you know he did oddball things, and I included the um the song. From Lowe, um, which I can never pronounce, Wars father, to show that kind of what he did for a little while. But I think what people who haven't experienced, I think that, you know, he was an oddball human. Yeah. And what I didn't want to do today and was careful not to do really was to spend too much time talking about him as a person because that's a whole other podcast and that's a whole other, other thing. But I think people do think that his music's really oddball mm-hmm. because he was an oddball person when actually his music is, you know, quite straightforward but Very actually influencing is, a lot of yeah. other things. I think, you know, some of the stuff, like you said, he's led. He's led the way in some things that now feel less oddball, but were oddball a little bit when they came out. But I think you're right. I don't think his music is as oddball as people assume it's going to be sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, So I, I
2: wasn't. I wondered, as in part, and you can answer this in a moment. What, what? Whether you thought there were periods that were dips in this variety of periods that he went through um, in quality, because. Um, I felt there were some tracks that I was less interested in. It was generally a bit towards the earlier stuff. Uh, it got steadily more interesting as he went through, I suppose. Mm. Um, so, for example, you included Rubber Band at the start. Yep. Was, yep. That, was that for like the historical narrative of what he had done? or because you think Yeah, I mean, Rubber Band was song? in there because
0: it's, it's... To be honest, I was going to fit this into my intro. Rubber Band, the main reason I... I included that was that really it's to show where he was because actually right. i think another thing that people think with, with bowie and assume is that he was this ready-made pop star this ready-made musician and he was just there but actually he released that album david bowie the, the debut with rubber band on it and it flops and it was then quite a long time until he he made it with space oddity he had to work very hard to sort of get his career off the ground and and nearly gave up several times so that's kind of why i included rubber band because you know the mm that was what he was doing and it wasn't <laughs> rubber band is not a great song. It's the best song on that album. Yeah. So yeah. I well, that's, what, not I was, that's what I was hoping
2: you were going to say, because yeah. I, I thought as a historical document, it was important to recognize. I, I definitely yeah. see it from that perspective. Um, obviously it's not, well, not obviously to me, it's, it's a lot weaker than a lot of the other tracks on, yeah. the, on the playlist. Mm, yeah. Um, in fact, I would say, earlier stuff particularly the use of horns and stuff and you're going to hate this seemed to me to be like like a more experimental version of some late Beatles stuff and obviously mm. I know it's of the same period and you know I'm a fan of the Beatles at all friend but I did think that like some of the arrangements of like horns and and strings and stuff was was not a million miles away from pushing the Beatles further than they had gone. So, uh, but I suppose I, they I'm were sure of, he of would, time. he
0: would definitely claim them as a, as a, as a big influence as well. I imagine. So, yeah. And
2: there were moments when they were when the references, Beatles lyrics and stuff. Mm. And I can't remember the exact instance now, but there's, um, uh, there's some moments where uh, where he does talk about Beatles lyrics in in his in this playlist, even let alone in, in other things. Yeah. I'm sure. So yeah. So yeah. overall, um, I feel like I'm rambling slightly, but I, I think there's a lot to think about, a lot to say. Uh, I will come back to it, um, and uh, I think it's. Um, I don't know if it's all consistently fantastic, but I, I definitely enjoyed it, and I'm glad we
0: got through it. So, I think interestingly, it's. You know, when I first, my first idea when I set out to do this was that I was going to show some of it because there's not, you know, the amount of albums he put out and the amount of stuff, there was some terrible stuff that he put out. Uh, And I did want to sort of demonstrate that a little bit. I didn't really, in the end, include much other than. I mean, I don't think Rubber Band's terrible, but mm. that, and I'm not, I was not a big fan of his drum and bass period. Um, yeah. Yeah. Little Wonder I quite like as a song because it's fun, but the album as a whole, I was not into. Mm. And actually I would say from Let's Dance, which is you know, I can't remember the exact year, but I think it was maybe 83. Um, he really started to go go off the boil for a while. It's like end of the 80s stuff is, is not good. So there's a big patch here between that Let's Dance album to when Little Wonder came out, where I didn't include anything off around four or five albums. Um so there was there was dips.
2: Um I think we've had this conversation before aren't we with various people on our i love stuff is are we trying to represent everything that they've ever done or are we trying to represent the peaks of that stuff yeah. for
0: us, you know? Um And I don't think you could do, with Barry it was I had to choose one or the other. I don't think you exactly, could Exactly, yeah. Because there's so much stuff that it was yeah. it was hard to do. But um yeah. it's just, didn't it because you talked about liking some of the later stuff more. I just was there a particular couple of songs or one of the albums that you, you Felt you liked the stuff off more uh, than others,
2: or I suppose I liked. Um, and I wasn't pusing to Little Wonder, but the the last three songs I really liked are the ones of Black Star. Yeah. And Black Star's is one we talked about before, isn't it? So uh, when it came out, mm. we talked about it. In a we didn't do it on the. Ago. I
0: think you and Nirmal did it before we started yeah. all this because I remember you saying that it was. Your comment about it was: it's just very bowy uh-huh. I thought. Mm. <laughs> it's really not though, so <laughs> I it's mean, quite interesting. Yeah, it's got his voice.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah which is very, very uh, able to be parodied, as it were. But that's because it's so mm. ubiquitous, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. So I, I would guess uh, I, re- I did really like heroes. I did really like um, that those effects I was talking about. I think Oh, You Pretty Things probably my favourite song. Actually, though, on it. Okay. Um, yeah. I just think that that hook is really is really great. Although again, it's boxed off in a way that I was not expecting it to be. There's points in mm. the second, I think it's the second chorus, when the piano kind of everything drops out except for the piano. <laughs> oh, you, you know, it yeah. kind of has this pause in order to fit with the structure. And I was expecting him to do to bend it a bit more and do something weirder, and he didn't. He didn't on that occasion, um, which is fine. But um, again, that that just underlines my point. I was expecting it to be all over the shop, and it wasn't. So, mm. yeah. But no, that was probably yeah. my high point. So you pretty things. My favorite. I'd say song,
0: maybe but. listen to the Hunky Dory then, as you next thing the album okay. hunky dory because that was actually the one like i say young americans is my favorite album but hunky dory was the one that i struggled to cut down to just two songs all ah, right like i originally had about six songs off hunky dory just because they demonstrate a lot of different things about barry so right. i think right. maybe listen yeah. to that album next as your right. uh, as your homework <laughs>
2: thank you very much for assigning your homework <laughs> yeah. that's great and both uh, watch yeah, five years if you haven't already i've seen well. i've seen some of that yeah i
1: don't know i've seen yeah. all of them i've
2: seen some of that oh yeah. i should
1: yeah i should watch that um, yeah I think with some of what you were saying Nick as well like he I don't think he invented a lot of things but he really had his ear to the ground mm. and had a he, his biggest thing is having a good ear finding the sound mm. that he wants to incorporate and make mainstream yeah. mm. almost and I think so that's what happened with Young
0: Americans isn't it it's like you know he came yeah. up he just done Rebel Rebel and Diamond Dogs are really, the, probably his rockiest album which if I'm being honest is my least favourite Bowie era really and then he came back with Young Americans which is just incredibly soulful because that was what was doing well at the time but he adapted it and made it his own sort of thing so I think yeah he was always always doing that
1: yeah that was fun okay well, thank you
0: no worries seems relatively positive I'm just glad you didn't just end by saying yeah it was shit Nick because I didn't I didn't know how you would <laughs> that's to, what you fully expected would find was it <laughs> no no, I didn't expect you to think it was shit but I didn't know how into it you would get so it sounds yeah. like yeah Did all right. Cool. Okay. So I think that's us. Yes. Um, Next time it is going to be a sort of album of the year special. So um, we will each talk about our own, album of the year and we we're going to pick some from some of the uh, sort of magazines and, and websites and their choices so we'll be discussing them and we'll tell you what they are so we'll have, next time we're we going to have nine albums altogether. together is that right Am I doing yes it will right. be nine yeah. albums we're each yeah. picking two from websites etc and our own one so yeah that's nine in total yeah. it's going to be an epic basically we'll do it in the sort of round robin questions type yes. thing though to make sure it doesn't last for three hours so. <laughs> that's fair enough yeah <laughs> Oh, and go to the website pickybees.com. Follow us on Twitter at pickybastards. And yeah, we'll speak to you in January. You won't cool. speak to us, but we will speak
1: to you. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. But Bye. you can always speak to us on Twitter. You can. If Unless you it's to tell me with. I pronounce Barry wrong yeah
2: weirdly enough i actually used to call him bowie and it's only since you chastised me for it that i've started calling him bowie thinking that was the norm and now you
0: just told me today that isn't the norm i honestly think that it's place. um i think that it was Bowie until and this is when people are going to are going to tweet me if they get to the end of this part but i think that getting yeah. out in america um, it became bowie right. um and i think he just went with it because i think it's bowie but anyway <laughs> We'll leave it there. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot, then.
1: All right. (laughs) See you later. Take care. Bye-bye.